From Post Loudness, this is Open Ending. Where two best friends blur the lines between fact and fiction. And today we're talking about homogeny in the media. A or rather, ah. <laughs> <aw. laughs> Yeah, so I was talking to you earlier about just my listening habits recently. Mm-hmm. And what's been happening? A lot of white men talking <laughs> at me, and it didn't. I didn't realize that until I came to the off. Well, until earlier when I was looking at all the podcasts in my queue, and it was just all cis white men. There was a couple of white women in there, but it was mostly white people, and it made me feel really sad. As someone who runs a um, a collective for people of color, women, and queer-identified hosts, all of them was inhabited this last few weeks have been white people. It made me really sad. <laughs> really sad. <laughs> well, why were you feeling like this was the case, personally? Um, I think just because of the, the stories and the shows that I'm listening to in particular. So right now, um, and I guess for the last few months... Um, actually, honestly, the last year or so, I've been listening to more and more just current event-focused podcasts, and I feel like that's the standard for a lot of people who listen to podcasts, especially now in the current um, media landscape. It's just that a lot of people are looking for news coverage, and they, and myself included, I've kind of reached a boiling point. Hmm. That's such a surprise, knowing you. I like, know. I don't, like, I don't fucking understand. I'm how David much Green, can, like, and this is up first from NPR. Political like news and all this stuff. I'm just like, we'll go to London. <sighs> I ain't the one. I ain't the one. Fair. Um, I I've always been this way though. So um, I've always listened to politics podcasts in some capacity, and I've always been consuming a lot. Um, I think. Um, there was a point in my college career where I could have went down that avenue. I was very close to going into the politics landscape, like actually like working on campaigns. Um, I, I'm glad I didn't um, for a multitude of reasons, but that definitely was a path that I had thought about profoundly. So for me to constantly be updated all the time is just something that um, – there's like some anxiety behind that that I need to be informed constantly or if I'm not informed I guess I feel a, like a a multitude of guilt behind it I'm no. not really sure but that's this is not the episode to dissect that what I'm going for <laughs> it's not that episode the um, open-ended we're gonna, way we're not gonna talk about that this time um maybe never but um <laughs> essentially what I'm going about is that um all the shows that have that perspective are hosted by people who are not of color, who are not, you know, marginalized groups. They are white people. And it's disconcerting because I feel like so much that happens, especially in this country, the people that are affected the most by it are people of color, women or queer identified. I mean, and literally right before we happen on the mic, like the whole um, Fernando Castile shit. Yeah. Dropped. Yeah, I mean, it happened yesterday, and it was horrible. It was devastating. It's not a surprise by any means, um, which is also a different type of sadness. But um, it's something that I've been thinking about all day. And, Mm -hmm. 
you know, those stories are usually expressed through the voice of a white person, not through a black person. Yeah. I really, at least on podcasts, at least in the mass media. And it's something that has made me very, very sad and self-reflective of how I can only get my information through that voice. And so I guess just being very aware of my listening habits and trying to figure out a way to, you know, not just amplify the voices that I'm already kind of working with, but just trying to eliminate some of the the, the white noise, as it were. <laughs> yeah. So, man. yeah. What's like, I mean, I listen to, I guess, Cricket Media podcasts primarily. And, From like, the, the Daily. Times, I'm Michael Barbaro. This is The Daily. And up first. Uh, NPR politics. Um, those are the main ones I listen to on a regular basis, and I to the point now where I can't even listen to the shows that I like for fun because they're constantly there's new podcasts constantly happening all, all the time, and mm-hmm. a lot of my freelance work now is just editing podcasts. So I haven't been really listened to anything during the day. Um, most of my listening is on transit and um, for, for pleasure, and that's not even ple- for pleasure anymore. It's like actual work. So I don't know. I'm kind of going. I'm kind of hitting the gut. It's as far as like. Uh, what should I do? <laughs> what should I do? Right. I've like right. painted myself in this corner now where like I am trying to stay informed and you know, it's just it's getting to the point now where it's not necessarily burnout, but mm. I I haven't been able to make time for shows that are not about that. Mm-hmm. Well, before I open up my mouth, I'm going to okay. give some quick legalese that whatever it is I'm about to say at the end um, <laughs> after this conversation does not reflect my current employer. Uh, all right. Now that that's out of the way. So I'm very curious, like, personally, like, you're telling me about all this stuff. Like, why on earth, like, do... Because it seems like you're finding comfort in this. You know what I mean? Like you're, like, you're listening to these things and you continually come back to it. And you're obviously, like, continually listening to these shows because you find them somewhat comfortable. Am I right? Am I wrong? You're not wrong, and that is something that, like, I'm not sure. I think it's not something, and I think for such a long time too, I wasn't really paying attention to the people who were giving the information. It was just the actual hardcore facts I was paying attention mm-hmm. to, and I think in that regard, it's. I think for a long time I was comfortable with just saying, oh, well, you know, I don't really care who's giving me the information as long as it's coming to me. As mm-hmm. long as it's, co- and, um, as long as, you know, it's from a, a source that I trust, like at least like, you know, a, not even liberal, but at least something, some place where it's, where I feel comfortable getting that information. And I think it took a while for me longer than it probably should have um, I'm willing to admit that I have been just comfortable with it only coming from one source mm. or at least coming from, um, from a certain perspective and, mm-hmm. and, you know, that comes, like it comes in so many different layers, not just the elitists or like, you know, the classic, you know, coastal liberal agenda or whatever. It's, it's not coming from someone who looks like me. Mm. Even if the information is, you know, well thought out, well presented, fact checked, all of that is just not coming from a source that is not, you know, at least 
maybe surface level, but not instinctually something that is benefiting me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so I get, so I get all of that mm-hmm. and that's fine. And like, okay. So we obviously know like the big things of the reasons why whiteness prevails the media, especially radio. Yep. I mean, like yep. it's, it's, it's kind of obviously like, all right, like obviously these things, they have diversity problems. Radio has a diversity problem. Podcasts have a diversity problem, all these types of things. But you know, that, 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 that that's like an obvious thing. What I'm curious about, like, and it's still just kind of just like rack in the back of my brain is that you're still finding a comfort in all this. Like you continually keep going back to this, no matter that, you know, that these shows are so homogenous and and i just kind of want to like pontificate in like the typical open-ended fashion of just like thinking aloud thinking aloud as one does um so like i'm I'm really curious like and it also makes me uh, think like when you're talking about like all these voices and you finding comfort in homogeny um it reminds me a lot of uh there was this really great piece um by one of my writers uh not one of my writers but one of my favorite writers uh his name is uh Kyle um Shakya um C H A Y K A and he wrote this amazing piece called the um Airbnbification of Design have you read mm-hmm. this one um I've seen the title. It sounds really familiar. I did not read it, though. Mm. But go on. So what it talks about is um, kind of like if you think about. Wait a minute. I have read this. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just remember I totally have read this. It's I'm totally okay. Sorry. It's yeah. totally okay. So, so for listeners who have not heard about this piece. So um, close your eyes right now. Imagine you're in a quote unquote hip neighborhood. And we all know what hip neighborhood means. It just means inhabited by upwardly mobile white people in an yep. urban environment. So you're in a hip neighborhood. You go into a coffee shop. What does a coffee shop look like? Probably has wood tables. Probably has a lot of natural lighting. Probably a fern or two in the corner. Probably has subway tiled in the bathroom. Um, and, you know, it's like this universal, quote unquote, universal design. So this piece actually kind of like poked a hole in that. And he, um, the person he profiled in this piece was a um, international business traveler. And he noticed that wherever he was going in all these various cities, all of these places were designed the same. Um, Like a coffee shop in Melbourne looked the same as a coffee shop in Brooklyn, which looked the same as a coffee shop in Dallas, which looked the same as a coffee shop in the UK. And it's kind of like how the internet is collapsing things into like a central design. You know what I mean? So... Yeah, totally. So... What where I'm going with this here is like it's this kind of weird feeling that I'm getting from you of like, all right, so we have this comfort of you hearing this one type of voice um on on podcasting. You know what I mean? Like when you think of a political podcaster, you think of like white guy, glasses, probably clean cut, um, talks with a slight stammer. Like, um, kind of a nasally voice, but, but slightly assertive, but then kind so of... So a poor uh, man's Ira Glass is something. <laughs> kind of, kind of. And because of the internet, like, obviously, like, this voice, these, this style of voice, and then, of course, like, you know, we talked about earlier, just, like, homogeny and hiring and all this stuff, like, this type of voice disseminates, and it becomes the norm, you know what I mean? So right, it's well, like, it's something that you, like, mentioned throughout, we were saying, like, unified, uniform it's a yeah. uniformed you know approach and yeah. um i kind of want to like push back a little bit on comfort all right go for it 
Um, I don't necessarily feel like I'm comforted by it. Um, because. Well, I'm not necessarily saying comfort. I'm saying like, as in. I would say more complacent. Complete. Okay. What do you, what do you mean by that? Um, complacent as in I, you know, until like a couple of days ago where I felt like I had been in kind of a funk or a, a kind of stuck in the the cycle of white men listen, listening to their mm-hmm. voices, there was a complacency like, uh, it's fine. It's not so much a comfort, but more like not not riled up enough to push against it or um or reject it in any way. Well yeah, it's 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 not it's um like in the broadest sense of the term, it's non offensive. It's wearing a gray T shirt and black jeans and all white shoes it's 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 almost to the point of like it is so like it's kind of like i don't know fucking um king king of queens or like or friends or you know it's like <laughs> it's a very like a uh, very milk toast you know what i mean right. like it's 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 average it's 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 putting on drake in the background like drake <laughs> like <laughs> like i was talking with um friend of the show joelle i don't know if you're listening hey joelle um that like drake feels like kind of like the most non-offensive music you can put in any situation you can put it on in a club you can put it on when you're kicking at the house you can put it on while you're cleaning the house you can put it on like it's very like like it's new school music yeah it's like it's like a refrigerator buzz you know what's going on there in the background and exists so are these white men your refrigerator buzz yeah and i feel like that's what kind of is is becoming is just like this constant cycle of just buzzing that's in my ears and you know a lot of the times when i'm listening to their shows i I, i'm tuning in and out it's not even it's not even an experience of enjoyment anymore it's just something that's like okay it's like peripheral so it's like pretty much ambi like they're just ambi in your ears they're ambi and they're it's kind of like a trial now getting through it and i'm getting to the point now where i might delete all of them i think after this episode i might just you know unsubscribe to a bunch of shows and see how that goes for a couple of weeks and see if I um, can find my information somewhere else or if I can just be not tapped in so much. So I'm curious though, like why is this now giving you a problem? Is it because like you're now aware of the Ambi? Yeah, I think I, I, you know, had had some complacency in the Ambi and it was just like, okay, all right. Okay, fine. And I think what also was happening with me too is that, um, like I mentioned before, my um, my podcast queue is like in the triple digits now for the first time in a long time. And there are shows that I haven't really listened to, shows that give me actual enjoyment, shows that I will listen to like at the beach and just tune out the rest of the world and just focus on a voice. I haven't really been focusing on the voices that are saying words. It's just the information they're coming that's coming out of their mouths mm. not necessarily where it's coming from and um that's a problem i feel like you know i haven't been really as tapped in to the shows that i'm listening to the last few weeks just because i feel like they're a trial or something i have to get through mm. and finish and i think the episode the, the show that kind of like snapped me out of that um, was a new show from your employer, Gimlet, um, called Mobile. Hey. From Gimlet Media and the Loudspeakers Network, I'm Reggie Osei, and this is Mogul, the life and death of Chris Lighting. 
Holy shit. I listened to it twice, and I haven't done... I haven't listened to an episode of a, of a podcast twice in a really long time. Like... It woke you out of your pod nap. It did. It woke me up. It woke me up. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Don't say it again human. or else some, some no. fucking white person will make a fucking t-shirt out of it. Oh, I know. I know. Um, so... But yeah, so let me dig into this episode and why I liked it so profoundly. Um, it, t- it hit me in a place of my adolescence, of my childhood, that um, I've always kind of held near and dear to my heart. And I don't talk about it that much, but just how much of a hip-hop head I used to be <laughs> and still am to a certain degree. Um, I actually had no idea about this. Yeah. Gosh, I'm such a hip-hop head. Like, I mean, I started like fucking Very around surprising. with with um shut up no i'm (laughs) for real (laughs) no i um like i mean i've been messing around with dj consoles since i was 10 11 years old um i had cousins who would dj and i learned how to scratch a record when i was 12 like i love hip-hop you ain't scratching a record at at my wedding i didn't have a i didn't have a i didn't have a gear man you should have scratched you you could have scratched that trackpad I, I actually kind of tried, but um, I'm the gl- setup wasn't. I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> like, <laughs> on the ones and twos. I'd be like, um, yo, I'd be like, bro, here, here's an ox cord. <laughs> <laughs> actually, you did, you did that at one point of the wedding. So. <laughs> <laughs> Forever a control freak. <laughs> no, I, I know. I know. Trust me, I know. I was, I was honestly the Grimzilla. Like, you were I, such I was, a Grimzilla. And that's totally fine. Oh my god, totally you're such a I actually get like <laughs> I actually get um like flashbacks of no, one moment don't. that like happened during the wedding no, and that I don't. like almost messed up and you gave it like the worst look and I was like fuck. I mean I'm I'm gonna be me. completely real. It wasn't almost messed up. You you did. Yeah, I did. Okay. okay. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> okay, you are a hip hop head. Yeah, and you know, and Chris Lightly is somebody that I had always heard about in so many rap songs. The one that stuck out was um, when I was like f- maybe thirteen or fourteen, and I started really getting into a tribe called Quest, and he was on their song called "What They Like Running." Uh, um, and then I just started hearing his voice more and more and more. Mind you, when I was thirteen and fourteen, this was like early aughts, so like this is he was already at the height of his career at this point. He was like deep in it. He was representing everybody from Missy Elliott, um, Fifty Cent. Um, I think at one point he uh, represented Nick Cannon. Like he was, he was all. Over Wait, he was responsible Cannon. for Nick Cannon. I think he managed Nick Cannon at, at one point. I don't know. I'm you not know, sure. He, he, if had, he, he had a misstep there. <laughs> well, this is what I'm saying. He was like all over. He was all over. He did like, not discriminate. Like that is what that like you know um like that is what fucked me up about Mogul is that like I had no idea how much Chris Lighty like touched um like so much hip hop and was just yeah. like kind of like that silent person moving in the back of making all the moves like mm-hmm. like man iconic shit yeah chris and russell simmons they were out here doing it and i think just mm-hmm. with russell's personality he was a little more you know in your face and doing stuff and i think also because like he had like his clothing line fat farm and baby fat he was a little more um in the public eye as far as his persona was but chris was just kind of like 
in the background and not really doing not really trying to be out there like that i think when he but like Mm -hmm. it's interesting with the show mogul hearing about his beginning days and how he was way more flashier than he was in his youth at before he kind of like retreated further and further mm-hmm. into the background, but still making incredible moves and being just a very influential figure in hip hop. So um, I've only listened to the first episode because I don't have Spotify, so I haven't been able to listen to the whole thing. I actually might put it, put myself at risk and just get Spotify just to listen to the rest of the season because my God, it's so good. And I think not just because of what's going on in the show, but just around it, the sounds of the show is phenomenal. Um, Haley mm-hmm. Shaw, shout out to you. You were doing, you were doing some fantastic work on the show, um, and just hearing about people and musicians that have meant so much to me in my life, and just the start of hip hop is it's one it's one part of like the musical landscape that I wish I was a part of. I wish I was in those parks listening to you know music in the park in the seventies, just like picking up, smoking, you know smoking and hanging out and just like being free and dancing in the streets like it's it's such a beautiful cultural moment and just hearing the stories of that has been really interesting for me and taking me out of all this desolate (laughs) current Mm -hmm. events because it's been so and i can feel like my 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 body lifted a little bit my shoulders were less tense when i listened to the show oh shit i think yeah like it just really and I think I was just carrying some like very sinister weight on my shoulders because mm-hmm. of all this shit that I'm listening to. And I'm going to try to like retreat a little bit from that and just kind of see how that goes, how I feel about stuff. Like, good. Um, good. Yeah. Yeah. Like I feel like there is a place for, I guess what I, I guess we could say easy listening podcasting just like there is like a place for easy listening music but every once in a while like it's always good to have things that require such active listening things that like you necessarily can't be doing another thing while you're listening to it like something that requires your full 100% attention and I'm excited for it I'm excited like just this morning I saw that like mogul got like a write-up over in um the uh New York Times um like it's just like it's it's, it's it's sorry oh yeah it was a new yorker my bad mm-hmm. and i'm just like happy that i don't know people are paying more like people are giving that kind of like these shows like the attention and like the light of day and it, it makes me excited and i'm happy that it woke you up out of your pod nap like <laughs> it really did it really did you know i think for a certain onset it's just the, the way that i have been listening to shows too and you know, like I, I haven't been able to digest them as well as I probably should, too. I think with just the way that I've been listening to shows, I've, um, but just consuming, 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 and not actually. I mean, I'm staying informed, obviously, but it's no fun. It's no fun. It isn't. It's and I think I kind of lost my way as far as like what I why I listen to shows for why I listen to podcasts, why it's such a better experience than watching TV or listening to a, or going to see the movie, listening to a podcast. There's something more intimate about that. And it hasn't felt intimate in a while for me. Mm. It's felt like it, it's, it's felt like much bigger than what's going on in my ears. And 
I'm not really sure if that's something that I'm willing to sacrifice. More intimate, passionate listening. Yeah. And, and you know, you're having your pod one night stands. Yeah. Like, you know, just time to slow it down. Yeah. <laughs> time to get out of these streets. And, uh, <laughs> and, in, and in them sheets. <laughs> or actually less than that, actually. That's what I'm trying to not do. <laughs> I mean, I think it's kind of sexy if you just like just chill out yeah. in your bed, yeah. listen to a podcast, yeah. close your eyes, and do as you will. Yeah. This week, this week, we are sponsored by the one and only Cards Against Humanity. There's not Cards Against Dogs or Cats? No. It's only humanity? No. We're talking about humans here. Ugh. Humans. And they asked us not to read that, so... I guess you can enjoy the rest of the show. Hey, Cher. Hey. Do you know what time it is? It's open call time. It's open call time. Open call. It is open call time. So if you're unfamiliar with open call, open call is where we give a shout out to what it is we're feeling this week. It could be a concept. It can be an idea. It's whatever we want. So Cher, what are you feeling this week? Oh, man. So Thursday night, I went to see a live taping of YOY hosted by Andreas Lindsay at um, the um, Bonobos dressing store over in Bloomingdale's in Chicago. And it was an utter delight. It was so much fun. Um, Andrea is a, a great host and she's really funny. And there's a lot of audience interaction and just like watching her host a show on um, a live show, as well as having guests and then just making sure that things are constantly moving was really, really fun to witness as someone who's like done live shows and hasn't really done as much audience interactions as I would like to. Um, hopefully, maybe in the future I can. It's been really fun. It was really fun seeing that. But also the best part of all of it was that our guests on the show were the newest, one of the newest shows brought on to Post Loudness, which is really great. Um, <laughs> the Ajama Show, hosted by Peter Kim and Anji Kim, no relation, but uh, they uh, tackle current events and kind of doing with the week's news, but through a Korean American lens. And it's much sa- it's really sassy. It's kind of like a Korean version of the read, and it's fun. They give like listener advice. And they shout out kick-ass Koreans every week. And this is a really fun show. They're hilarious. Um, Anji, she writes for Cards Against Humanity. And Peter works with Ekin City. So they're, you know, seasoned comedians. And they are very um, informed, but also really funny. And they can they see the world through a very interesting lens. And it's just fun to see them be on stage and have people engage with them and want to meet them after the show. And it's just been really fun to have them on board post honest and uh, just see them grow. I'm really excited. So uh, that's what one of my shout outs. Another shout out is the other show that's been added on to post loudness. Here you go. Just taking two shout outs now. Just taking two shout outs. <laughs> fuck it. You know, it's my turn on the mic, James. My turn. <laughs> I'm gonna reach my hand and fucking Skype and rip the mic out of your hands. No. <laughs> oh, anyway, it's really quick. But um, Bronte Mansfield, she has a show called Mystic that also joined Post Loudness this week. Hey, hey, she's wonderful, 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 very talented young woman. Uh, she was a student of yours, James, at SAIC. 
Yeah, man. Yeah, and she's just... It's, it's wild to see, like, the show that she made for my final project is now, like, becoming this, like, huge thing. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, and she's so talented and really smart. And the show, again, is called Mystic, and it's about paganism and uh, witchcraft. And so if that's your thing, you should go and subscribe to... And it's narrative storytelling driven. It is. It is narrative story storytelling. She has... She's going to have six episodes this season, and I think she just released her third episode this past week, so definitely check that out, as well as the Ajama Show, that's A-G-U, sorry, A-J-U-M-M-A Show, and that's hosted by Peter, Kim, and Najee Kim. So, those are my shoutouts this week. What about you, James? Well, unlike you, I'm following the rules here and doing one shoutout. Okay, so. okay. <laughs> Um, You're so, better than me, James. I get it. I, I get it. You're better. Yo, it, it wouldn't be me if, like, e- at least every week I have to tr- tell you how I'm better than you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Can you take your dick off the table, James? Thanks. <laughs> okay. <Christ>. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So, my shout out this week um, my James's day, uh, weekly cry goes out to um hunger by roxanne Kay. oh man i i'm waiting for it to come in the mail i ordered oh it man so. well since i'm from the future okay i read the ebook <laughs> so i mean like literally like it couldn't have came at a better time so like i was having a terrible terrible day mm. um and i went to sleep and i woke up and like the greatest notification appeared on my phone it said your pre-order for the book Hunger has arrived in iBooks. And, <laughs> and I swiped that notification, downloaded it, and like I was reading it immediately. Um, I finished it in like two days. Um, and like as we were talking about earlier about like this idea of like intimate reading, like while reading the book, every single mo- chance I could read the book, I did. And I tried to make sure, like, I wasn't doing as many other things as possible. So that means, like, I didn't listen to music while I was doing this. Like, I, I intently, like, sat and read this book and share. Like, when I tell you, like, this book feels personal and, like, makes you want to cry, like, yo, this is that book. Um, it's, it's essentially, like, a memoir, but it's, like, all about Roxanne's body and her relationship with space and how other people treat her body but it's more than you think it is and that's kind of all I want to tell you because I don't want to give away anything of it but just it's a really personal read it it's written in this way where um like the sentences are short like it feels almost like off the cuff and it feels like she's talking to you versus it's written for writers if that makes sense um but but damn it's it's fantastic. I can't wait till you get it. And you, you got to tell me like what you think of it, too. I will. I definitely will. Roxanne Gay is one of my favorite writers. So I'm excited to uh, get into that. Yeah. Episode 92. Hey, we did it. We did it. We did it. We did, we did it. it. We did hey. it. Ah, uh, so. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe we're here. I can't believe we're doing this. So. I know. <sighs> 92 episodes what eight away eight away from 100 i think so oh man like we're getting down to the wire fam getting down to the wire maybe maybe (laughs) i don't know what's gonna happen in 100 i really don't know like anything could happen 
I know, I know. But until then, though, you can tweet the show with the hashtag, hashtag OpenEnded. And you can add us using at OpenEndedFM. You can follow me, share at Share Musings. And you can follow me at underscore James D. Green. And if you want to send us something long form that can't be described in 14 characters or less, you can send us an email at theopenendedpodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to send us some love, financially that is, you can go to openended.fm slash donate. You can give us some free love. You can rate us. Free love. Free love. You can rate us or review us at Apple Podcast, And you can recommend us over on Overcast, Podcast, or wherever you listen to your audio programming. And we're a proud member of the Chicago Podcast Co-op. We still are because Cher is in Chicago, um, where some of the best Chicago-based podcasts live. A uh, quick shout out to another show out there. It's called MBSing and host and good friend of ours, mm-hmm. Mary Beth Smith. So she like cuts the BS out of conversations um, because like she discusses like a topic with her and her guests. And it's just like really geeky. They just talk about like things they love and um, like they try to figure out like their passions behind it. It just kind of feels like, um, you know, like when you go to a party and like you're overhearing like two people just like really fucking talk about things they geek out about. Like, that's, that's a show. That's yeah, basically that's, a show. That's the show. <laughs> that's the show. <laughs> that's the show. <laughs> and um, she just had an interview with a friend of the show and past guest of the show, Savannah Million of Roboism, about video games. So, oh man, that's awesome. Yeah, so definitely check that out. And we're also another. We're also part of another group. Somebody I mentioned earlier, Post Loudness. Gonna yeah, yeah gonna shout out another show because uh, I'm gonna shout out another show um, from Post Loudness is Unlearned. They. You know, ended their season last month in May, started off really, and it's super, super strong. I cannot wait for it to come back. So unlearned. They talk about um, Catherine and Mashat. They talk about things we need to learn, unlearn culturally, everything from politics to reading or whatever we do throughout our lives. So that is unlearned. Check it out. <laughs> oh, man, Cher. Can we reach the end of this? I know. I know, I know. But I'll call you back next week for another episode of this fine, fine program. Yay. XOXO. XOXO. <laughs> <laughs> that's, my, wait, wait, that's my other show. <laughs> You're not Suey. <laughs> <laughs> but until then, yeah. Keep things open-ended. Most loudness.